Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 12.30 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. Oh, hello. Hi. I'm going to turn down the volume a little bit real quick. It's loud in my ear holes. You know how I feel about that. Oh, I know. It's too aggressive. It's too aggressive for my ear holes, man. Uh, speaking of sensory moda, motor, Mo- moda, moda, whatever. <laughs> we're we're un- uncut, uncensored, yeah, and something else. I'm sure. Just like we always are, my yeah. friend. Um. So how are you? I'm okay. I'm anxious. I'm super anxious. It's been an anxious. <laughs> Man, you know, I feel that sister. It's like, yeah. and when it hits, it hits and it's just, yesterday was like that for me. I was just, I couldn't, and I couldn't tell why. And I was mad about it. And then I was like, well, wait, don't be mad about it, Lauren. Just accept it. How about it's okay to feel this and this and also this, but. And all those things. All and those even things. it's okay to even be mad for a second because we're human. <laughs> I mean, it just keeps going. I know it's, it's so true, but it, isn't it funny? Like, I, I think, I don't know if this is helpful for those who are, are watching and listening, but that even if you talk about OCD and anxiety all day, every day, it's like, it's so easy to get into the trap of resisting it and wishing it would go away. Right. Um, Even though that's supremely unhelpful which I can speak to because I tried to do it yesterday and so spoiler alert it still doesn't work so yeah still get anxious I'm sorry I'm readjusting I'm trying to figure out how close I should get to the mic I'm looking at your little setup is it good from here I don't know should I no (laughs) I'm like making out with this Oh, um, what is the topic of the day? The day it's the topic of the day is sensory motor OCD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about obsessions. They sort of fall into the neutral obsessions category, right? The, um, is there another term for that that I'm? No, missing? and it's not to be minimizing it. Cause can no. you hear me this far away? It's just, totally that's what they categorized it in terms of it having no neutral intrinsic fear, right? Right. That there's nothing inherently scary about uh, the awareness of your breath or of your, the uh, ability to see your nose in your periphery, but that these things can be. Now I notice that. I know. I know. And I can see it too. I'm going to notice it. I'm going to notice it on purpose though. Yeah. Yeah. Just stare at it. Um, which I guess we're jumping ahead of ourselves because that's yeah. treatment. Sorry, my bad. No, I love it. Yeah, that's our topic. Yep. And we're sticking to it. We're going to we try are. to stick to it. Well, and if we I... get off the rails, Toodle, then you're going to have to forgive us. Does it also appear that Instagram Live has now changed their pla- their? It does look like that again, doesn't it? Yeah, like I feel like I can't get in the frame without like screaming from my mic. <laughs> it's gonna, otherwise it's, i'm like this <laughs> right it otherwise matter. it's yeah okay well since okay. we're gonna have the the good enough audio and the good enough whatever um so we don't okay. have a ton of questions um but layout is different yes it is different so if you want to add questions as we go just click the little question mark guy and add your question there. And then once we're through the basic obsessions, compulsions, exposures, then we'll, we'll go in there and yes. 
this is not a replacement for therapy. Right. This is not a replacement for therapy. It's for um, entertainment purposes only. <laughs> I'm kidding. Educational and entertainment at some point, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah. So what is sensory motor OCD? As you said, it's considered or categorized on the Y box um, as a neutral obsession. Mm -hmm. Meaning there's no based fear in that, like, what if I harm somebody or there's no right. actual, this is, there's content related to it other than I'll never stop noticing it and it's interrupting my, my life. Yeah. It's sort of, it's a fear of having awareness and having your awareness interrupted, as you say, by, by this element perpetually and that you're never going to be able to think of anything else. Kind of like uh, in the same realm is the uh, getting a song stuck in your head and the fear that that's never going to leave or that you're going to have a, a word or an image that just constantly repeats. And it may not be a negative image or word per se, but just the, the constant presence of that and the constant awareness of the presence of that. I'm curious, do you feel like this is similar to obsessing on obsessing? I, mean, I was just thinking that. Right. Cause it's same brain. The, the primary fear is gone, right? And obsessing on, on the initial obsession with obsessing yes. on obsessing. And now it's just the fear that I'm always going to experience this anxiety, which kind of goes back, ironically, to what you were saying about this weekend. I know. I know. Do you no, like what we just did there? It was like a full on. Circle. Oh, dear. I, I hit the microphone. Sorry if I heard you. I didn't hear people. it. Oh, good. Um, mm -hmm. No, it's exactly what it was. That's exactly where I was at yesterday. I was anxious about the presence of my anxiety and whether or not, you know, it would now be my perpetual state of being, even though I know full and well that that's unlikely to be the case. You know, that's what my brain, my brain hole came up with. So there are a lot right. of holes. Yeah. Lots of holes, lots of boxes. So many. Um, so yeah. And so we digress. Okay. We di digress roving it back in. So essentially this tends to hit any sort of a sensory experience. And so we mentioned two already, but obsessions related to awareness can include what else? Um, the, the sensation of swallowing. Mm -hmm. Swallowing, blinking. Mm -hmm. um. Swallowing tends to come up a lot during, like when you're falling asleep. Oh God, I hate that one. I've had it on and off my whole life. Oh, it like just drives me bananas. Like hours. I'll be like, well, for the next three hours, I'll be swallowing. <laughs> That's what if I'll be doing. Wonders, <laughs> I will not be sleeping. I will, however, be swallowing. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So swallowing is one. Um, awareness of your ability to see things in your periphery, like we mentioned, nose falls into that category. Is there any other that I'm not thinking of? No, but I feel like there's so many other, it could really be anything that's an automatic bod bodily function that yeah. is on autopilot and you've over attended to it. Yep. Yep. And it does come up too with breathing and I think one of the things that's interesting is one of the interventions that can be most helpful with the uh, is not breathing. Oh, <laughs> that's the primary intervention, guys. Uh, um, that does take away OCD, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and it also takes away everything else. Um, I meant temporarily, but go ahead. Okay. Wow. Was that too dark? I'm obviously I'm no. It was so. It was perfect, actually. And, um, yeah, so, but with, uh, with other obsessions, we talk a lot about uh, mindfulness meditation and the primary anchor within the realm of mindfulness meditation usually is the breath. I know. So if you're anxious about hyper-focusing on your breath and only being able to think about your breath, then let's turn it on its head. One of the primary interventions becomes dun, 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 an exposure. Right. Mm, yes. Yeah. But there you go. That's that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Thanks, OCD. 
Yeah, see, it was hilarious. I'm glad. It was. It's it's a a permanent, as far as we know, uh, extinction of OCD. It's kind of like not feeding. Uh, Well, and I I think I've said this on here before, but it's kind of like when people come into my office and and want for anxiety to go away and for thoughts to go away. Uh, I'm like, well, there is there is a solution that offers that. It's called heroin. The problem Mm -hmm. with that is that it also comes with a million other problems that are going to make your life worse. So we probably shouldn't go for that, right? Obviously, I'm not reasonable advocating for heroin either. Okay, good times. No, it was great. It was great. (laughs) It's number one, it's way more expensive than therapy. Okay, it is. (laughs) Okay, this isn't funny. (laughs) No, I'm not not being funny. Okay, we're off the rails, dude. Get me back on. Gosh, I haven't seen sensory motor in a bit. And I think yeah. that's just because of the circumstances in terms of COVID and me not taking on new clients. But um, yeah, it's just interesting. I'm like trying to think the last person, I think it was swallowing. Mm-hmm. And we did do some attention training as well, which seems maybe like you're kind of doing an avoidance, but sometimes it can be helpful if you're in a full on panic and it's kind of getting out of your body and saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to point out, you know, the sound of the ticking of the clock in the room. And then we're going to shift our attention to, you know, the sound of the, um, air conditioning blowing. Mm -hmm. And this kind of helps get a person who's highly dysregulated and they need to function in the day is like, let's go outside of our body instead of doing mindfulness, which is a great, we want to do mindfulness. It's yeah. a great exposure, but not everybody's ready to do an exposure right constantly and constantly, you know, it's like, yeah, that's a 10. So right. there's other ways to get mindful and to ground yourself and to have it still be an exposure because you're still having the hum in the background of Oh, I can still see my nose and I can, I'm still swallowing, Yep. but I'm not so consumed in it. Right. I have something else that's competing for my attention as well. Right. They can all exist. Yep. And that's ultimately, so one thing I want to say too, is that I, the, what you're talking about can be used even in formal meditation practice. If we use a different anchor. Uh, as well as sure. the sort of sensory grounding within day-to-day life. And I think in terms of mindfulness as an intervention and meditation as an intervention, meditation is a means for practicing mindfulness. So you get better at right. going out into life and noticing things in addition to noticing your thoughts and noticing things that are going to bring you back into the here and now, because that's, that's the game plan. That's the end game, Right. Yes, exactly. And I think, you know, I should have rewound here a bit as saying like the attention training is an actual intervention. It's called attention training is, you know, that's going to be used early on when there's not a really good foundation of what mindfulness is, because sometimes it takes a while (laughs) to understand Mm -hmm. the concept of observing self non-judgmentally. And yeah, as a huge concept, of course, it's a mindfulness exercise at the end of the day. Um, but it's an actual intervention that's called attention training. And right on. I'm wondering if I heard about, I feel like I know about the same or a similar intervention, but is it specifically like going through, as you were saying, and trying to listen to the different things? Because I know of so a different I th- one. I think it's actually used for... I don't, I'm not really sure what it's used for. It's probably used for a lot of things. Probably. Um, One I've seen with kids with ADD. Hmm. And I think that's probably how it got coined with the phrase attention training, even though it's attention could be your, you're just shifting your attention, right? Yeah. But also, you know, not everybody is going to buy into the word mindfulness. There's a lot of, you know, kickback on that. I feel like we're digressing a bit, but... No, I think um, it's all on, basically on topic, though, of of things to help you with your sensory motor OCD. So the only thing I was going to say is one intervention that I've been made aware of on this end is a, a type of attentional training where you listened to a bunch of different sounds and you try yeah. to, is this exactly what you're talking about? 
So this is actually one where, so I think what you're saying is like pulling apart the sounds, like, right, mm -hmm. if you're listening to a song and you yep. try to pick up on the guitar and you mm -hmm. focus on the guitar and now yep. you're shifting your attention to the piano and your same song. Yeah. But this is um, a recording you actually do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where you do your voice and, mm. and um, you are actually saying, okay, now listen to the, you name the sounds in your house, essentially. And right. pay attention to that. Like it's the most important sound. And now you can hear all five sounds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very similar. The only difference that with the one that I know about is that it's different things that are recorded, pre-recorded, and you continually listen to it and you pick out one and then you listen to that primarily. And then you pick out another. Same thing, and you, yeah. Yeah. It's sort of the same thing, but it can be very, very helpful in terms of supporting uh, the ability to notice when there are things in your awareness, but not let them have the primary spot of your attention, which is the, the crux of the, the problem with sensory motor, right. right? Is that this one thing is primary when you don't really ultimately want it to be primary forever. Right. Exactly. Okay. Compulsions. So, compulsions. Um, so thought suppression, is that kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah, like mm, get don't, that away. Yeah. Don't think about it. Don't pay attention. Look at everything else. Yeah. Instead of that. Yeah. Um, don't notice your nose. Do not notice your breath. Do not notice your swallowing. Yeah. Right. Which, right. Of course, not noticing these things is an impossibility. And the more you try not to notice it, the more you notice it, which is great. Thanks, right. Brian. Thanks so much for that. <laughs> the whole package now. This is real solid. Thank you. <laughs> can you hear me this far away, by the way? I can. I can hear you just fine. Okay. Thoughts question um, does backfire. It sure does. Hardcore. Yeah. It sure does. Um, my experience of thought suppression, though, is sometimes at the beginning, it works for a short period of time. Mm, like <laughs> which all compulsions. <laughs> right, right. But that one in particular, I'm like, oh, if I just, I kind of like, just, it's a lie to myself. I'm like, I know this is how this story ends. <laughs> and I'm here I am doing it anyways. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's tough, like a, a little bit of a sidebar, but. I think that it, it relates <laughs> is that part of treatment is not hyper-focusing on the thoughts and engaging with them, but there is a very fine line between acknowledging and disengaging from a thought yes. and being like, I don't want to have that thought. And so there's like a balance to be had there for sure. Mm -hmm. Just wanted to share that. It's so true. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's like also the distraction comes up a lot with this as being compulsive is like, oh, I'm just going to distract myself. You know, like we were talking about with sounds, you're paying attention to external stuff. It's a fine line between distracting yourself and it becoming compulsive. Right. The thing that I like to, I don't know if you do this, but like differentiating between distracting and refocusing Yes. Maybe it's just, yeah, the terms that I use, but yeah, you too. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody said, um, uh, how do you tease apart rumination and, um, thought suppression? I, because we want to get through the, the compulsions and the exposures, will you throw that into the question mark box? If we have time, I, you know, I'm certainly happy to address that every once yeah. in a while. I'll see something pop up. Anyway, the point, Walter, Walter, the point. <laughs> is that I'm over attending to how tired I am and the way my bags under my eyes look right now. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. I'm super distracted. Again, I'm anxious. What can I say? Hey, that's really so, interesting is you don't really seem anxious. Isn't that? <sighs> well, no, I'm just pointing it out because we're always, I think, no, I when know. we're in it, this sense of like everyone knows how on fire my brain feels. And it's like, no, it's, it's not as uh, clicky. Apparently it's not as, it's not as obvious. That's what I was going for. Not. Yeah. I saw this, I posted it on my stories. It's a meme of a, 
this person hugging another person and they're both like very happy and jubilant. And the person who is depressed, he goes, oh, you don't look depressed. And he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't literally bring my cloud storm above my head or something like that. It's so funny because it's so, you know, with anxiety, you learn to cover it up. You you kind of do that to move around in your day and to function. And the wild thing is I can be standing there sitting to somebody sitting there and talking to somebody and being thinking in my head, there's this whole narrative. Like I just thought about stabbing somebody like they have yeah. no way. And I can see my face. I'm on a camera. I'm like, Oh, I'm smiling. <laughs> <laughs> they have not the faintest idea. Not at all. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, so compulsive behavior. Um, I think you could, I haven't seen a lot of this, but reassurance seeking is, it's possible where you're like, Mm -hmm. is this ever going to end? And asking somebody, do they have this as well? Have you ever had this? How long did it take for you to, for it to go away? Mm -hmm. Um, One of my sensory motor actually went to multiple therapists who all specialized, which reminds me of how it then bleeds into obsessing on obsessing, right? You can compulsively jump looking for the right treatment. Now that could be a standalone as well, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, these are all solid points, dude. Any other compulsions? I guess like, uh, jumping off of what you were saying, uh, mentally reviewing your own experience to try to hold on to moments in time. And not that I want to be clear because I think it's helpful to recognize, okay, well, this hasn't always been like this. So the likelihood is it's not going to be always like this, but not getting caught up in, it's definitely not going to be like this forever. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, it's not like the sort of reassurance, like the self reassurance loop versus the looking at rationality and hedging your bets based on that right yeah exactly so i think what you're saying about the external can very easily divert into the sort of internal monologues we see a lot with a lot of different types of ocd exactly and i think um in grayson's book um he talks about this in terms of like being in a movie theater Mm -hmm. do you remember that analogy where it's like 30 You can pay attention to the people talking in front of you Mm -hmm. and give them all your attention and get really worked up and be upset and yell and shout or whatever. And now you've not only have they interrupted, but now you're dysregulated. Now you're missing the whole film. Right. Or you could just allow that 30% hum to be going off, but 70% of your attention is actually on the film. Right. So it's where do you want to give the power here? Right. And how do you optimize a life with an obsessive brain? Exactly. And the reality is, is like when we do compare times in the past, because I feel like that's a little bit of a trap uh, for Uh, me, it was, is like, you know, for me, it's never gone back to baseline. And that, and that in itself was very upsetting because I felt like, oh my gosh, like there's like mourning involved and I just want to get back to that one place. And, you know, the reality is, is I'm, I have to kind of accept that maybe my life 70%. Is yes. Best. Or and whatever I think percent. Maybe the lie is that anyone else has more than 70%. I'm just going to throw that out there because I think that re- whether it's OCD or something else, the likelihood of you having 100% enjoyment of your life is, is really, really low. And I, yeah, I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent, but I would say my baseline shifted after I had a child. I'm not going to lie. Like, well, my resting anxiety, (laughs) (laughs) maybe, maybe it was, you know, maybe everyone starts at 80 or whatever point is. I get you. I I think I'm coming from a vantage point of, I don't remember a time in my life where this didn't affect me. So I'm just at like the, I figure the 70% has pretty much been lifelong. Yeah, I mean, so it's just on certain occasions, there's a couple more assholes than usual in the movie theater. Right. Right. Exactly. 
Like, and sometimes they go away and I'm like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> like, you, or oh. your brain's like, why is it nice? Why is it nice? Why did like, what are they doing? They're plotting. <laughs> They're plotting against me. They're going to come in here with all their bros and, and have a giant come party. after me. Yeah. And I'm never going to be able to hear the movie again. That's, or you'll that's... just be so consumed yeah. with thinking about how they're coming in and they but never come miss... and you I could know. have enjoyed that movie that's the at thing. 80%. Right. See, it even went up. We've got 80% now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway. I, I think OCD or otherwise that this, this trap of comparison is one that a lot of people get caught up in and it's this sort of expectation that life should be a certain way and comparing mm-hmm. yourself to that expectation completely robs you of the joy, which bringing that back to sensory motor is like this idea that it, life would be so much better if I didn't have the awareness of my nose and my periphery vision. It would be so much better if I didn't have that awareness of my breathing. If I could just get rid of that, then I'd be at 100%, which right. I don't know that that's actually true. That's not true. I was and just I, saying that there's a lot of times where people come in and they're like, why can't it just go back to how it used to be? Well, your brain went online and now yeah. it knows. <laughs> it knows about your nose. <laughs> it knows. It knows about your nose. Mm-hmm. You've, you've dropped out of the matrix, Neo. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> the pill has been swallowed. It's been swallowed. Um, yeah, and I think actually it happens from, um, just to sort of highlight what you're saying, is that it happens from obsession to obsession. So all of a sudden this new obsession comes online as like, oh, I wish I could go back to that other one. Mm. It was so much better, right? Which then it hops back and forth. And right. It's totally sham because it's never, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I don't even know why I'm laughing. I, I swear don't I don't. I don't either. And so we've okay. talked about obsessions. We've talked about compulsions. We haven't talked about exposures, though, really, have we? Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Think about okay. your nose as much as is possible. Try right. to look at it. Really. Set alarms all yes. throughout your day. Like, let's say 70. Yeah. Yeah. 70 alarms just every couple 70. of minutes think about yeah I, I've never actually done it like exa- like that many times but I've heard of it yeah I feel uh, more I've done often... it every hour on the hour for a class yeah. yep do you find more often than not that this is sort of a secondary theme that it comes with other themes generally or do you see this a lot as a primary theme like as somebody's Wait, say it. Sorry. I'm sorry. My brain literally was like, I think it jumped out of my head and went somewhere. Oh, I love it when that happens. Uh, When do you see uh, sensory motor as a primary theme or do you often see it as in tandem? Do you more often see it as a primary theme or as in tandem with another theme? I've seen both. Yeah, I really have. Um, But I've seen more. Okay, so I've seen more people come in with that's their, like, their primary thing, and then maybe hints of other things. Mm -hmm. That's more of what I've seen. Yes. But it might be that that's my experience. I don't know. No, that's fair. And I, uh, you know, obviously, I have a a relatively small sample size in the vast universe of treating OCD, so. What's your experience, then? A lot of times it's a secondary theme that's uh, historical, so it'll come back, but it won't be sort of at the, the central theme for most of the people that I've seen with it. Right. I, I know that for some people it is their, their primary theme, so. Right. Yeah. I, I think sensory motor, like, I think we get a lot of calls at our center for sensory motor stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it ever falls through. Like if there's follow-up, I, yeah. I think that it's like downloaded a lot and the articles yeah. read higher and hmm. even for Kevin, that's what I've heard. Now we don't treat like tons and tons of it. Like we would like a harm 
obsession. Um, And I think part of it is the uniqueness in that it's very acceptance, mindfulness-based intervention, Mm -hmm. and it's accepting it. And there's very little exposure in a lot of ways. I mean, that is the exposure. The exposure is just think about it. Yeah. And it's because the compulsions are really limited and it's just saying, well, we just, you're just aware of it. So let's just embrace it. Just embrace that it's there. Every time you're aware of it, make tons of space for your awareness around it and be aware of that and whatever else might be in your environment that's important to you. Uh, Both the the awareness. Yeah. It's exactly what you were saying. The awareness doesn't have to detract from your whole Right. Yes. Yes. And there was something else I was going to say. I forgot. Of course, naturally. Naturally. But. No, but I'm with you. It's like there aren't a ton of, um, yeah, embracing it. Somebody just said that on the the feed. Yes. That's the idea. Love that that this is going to come up. Love that you're having anxiety. Love that you're being annoyed. Like, embrace it. Go after it. I see you. I'm, I'm, I'm in. You know, it's a really powerful thing over years of doing, like learning mindfulness. I was in my mid-20s when I first learned about it formally. And I remember this experience of all of a sudden becoming fully aware of my emotional, physical experience in a moment. And all of a sudden having that choice. And I'm sure that I've brought this up before, but there's something so powerful about it. It's like, your experience is that you're noticing your breathing, right? You can hear it. You can feel it. Mm. That's nothing's changing there. That's the reality. You're, you're, you are experiencing this. Yeah. Now, do you get to choose how you respond to it? Like, are you going to have this push it away experience? Are you going to say, oh, that's there. Okay. Can mm-hmm. I, can I, can I move forward with like kindness and compassion versus being indignant and digging your heels in and getting more upset and then making this a hundred times worse for yourself. Yeah. It's yeah. It's pretty powerful stuff. It is. It's game changer, but it takes a long time, everyone. So be patient. Yeah. Be kind with yourself. And, and sometimes even still when you've done this for a long time, it's like, Oh, I'm going to push this away. Wait a second. That's not what I'm supposed to do. Damn it. Yeah. You had a great, you texted me this weekend about this and I was like that I'm going to screenshot that. Cause that was beautiful. Like the way you said it, it was <laughs> oh, so great. Thanks. Yeah. But yeah. Con- kindness oh. and compassion always win. That is so true. That's sure do. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I, 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 we catch little bits and pieces by the way of the feed. So if we're not seeing your piece and it's a question that's related to sensory motor OCD, just throw it in the little question mark box and we'll get to it. In fact, do you want to, do you want to get to questions? Yeah. I was just going to add one more thing with exposure. It would be an imaginal. I was just saying, yes. you know, this is how my life will be for the rest of my life. I'll never be able to enjoy going to the park anymore. Cause I'll always be noticing this. That's probably about it. I yeah, guess. no, I think that that's a really good one too. Okay. Can I throw in something about thought suppression that I think is a really interesting point because we're trying to think about this instead of trying to push it away. Uh, The the thing that struck me, I think I may have said this on one of our lives before as hugely cruel about the, the impact of thought suppression is the idea that when you try not to think about something, you think about it more than if you were trying to think about it. And so the, from that vantage point, the treatment makes total sense. The, the actuality is if you, try, if you genuinely and without conditions embrace having the thoughts and allow yourself to have them, the likelihood is that over time, A, they'll bother you less when they do arise, which is just as good as, as not having them. And B, you'll probably start to have them less because they just, it's almost like there's nothing for them to stick to. Yeah, you're like, you kind of go okay, so you're here. So I'm, so is everything else in my life is here. Yeah. Try not, not to make a big deal out of yourself over there. Cause there's a lot of other things. <laughs> Damn OCD. Always trying to make it about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, please. I think John Hirschfield one time said, 
don't get so impressed, okay? Don't get so impressed with your OCD, man. Don't be so impressed okay. by your thoughts. Like, yeah, no, that's legit. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so let's get into questions. Sounds good. Hold, please. Can breathing, nausea, noticing changes in heart rhythm count? I would say yes. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah, it's just over-attending to physical sensations. And um, I can tell you right now, I do that. I do. Over-attending to physical sensations? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, swallowing, right? swallowing and also but it doesn't like for me like um nausea is big and I it's not that I'm like worried I'm gonna die right it's not that it's that I think this is never gonna end this is my life forever right so it's similar I think in that it falls in that type of fear yes there's no box though there's no box it's all muddy (laughs) but I agree and I think actually I saw something come through on the feed about how it could potentially correlate or interact with or have the concentric circles with mm-hmm. health anxiety mm. and I yeah. think that that's a really good point is that just Absolutely. this constant awareness of something and then it's not too far off for your brain to then go well why am I aware of this maybe it means it's something right. that's important it's a little bit different from what we're talking about but yeah they do marry like you said it's like lock and key on that guy Mm-hmm. Because people with health anxiety are going to have that period. Yes. But yeah. um, not everybody with sensory motor has health anxiety. Right. So. And that's right. That's in- interoceptive awareness, which mm-hmm. is really interesting if you add in like an eating disorder or something, because interoceptive awareness of your hunger fullness cues is such an important part of yeah. recovery in that realm. So you can, yeah, anyway, just yeah, no, fun absolutely. side note. Let's see what else we have. Um, how to do exposures that work with sensations. I think we've kind of covered that. Would you agree? Yeah. I, I, if we can be more helpful to you, maybe list what you mean in terms of like specific sensations. Mm-hmm. How to separate physical sensations from anxiety when you feel you can't swallow, etc. It's an interesting question. Oh, wait, just to go back to the last one, though. Yes. Um, let me just add on to that. I just had this thought. It's like when we talked about exposures for that, where we're setting an alarm, it means you're intentionally, when that alarm goes off on your phone, you're intentionally engaging in the overtension, even if you're not attending to it, which is highly anxiety provoking for people because they were like, listen, man, I just had 20 minutes of not thinking about it. Right. 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 So, sorry, not, I just felt like we weren't clear on that, but. No, that's okay. way good. I like that. Thank you for the clarification. So, I, is it, mm. I, I don't know if I totally understand the question. Do you? So when you feel like you can't swallow, et cetera, I don't know that part. So I understand, it makes sense. How do you separate physical sensation from anxiety? Which I think you can't. Feel, yeah, I don't think you can. I, I almost, this has a flavor of feeling like, how do you know when it's a genuine problem versus anxiety? Yeah. Yeah. And like, how do I know if this is, well, with health anxiety, be like when I'm going to choke and die or. Right. Right. Or versus, forget how to swallow. Right. Versus how do I know if this is anxiety? And yeah. Yeah. You have to. We don't. <laughs> we don't know. Nobody don't has. know. I, oh if you guys find out, can you let us know? Yeah. Because I, I want that. <laughs> I want it bad. I was yeah. like vaccination time for it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. If you could just be, if you could have like a spidey <laughs> sense, like ah, anxiety. I mean, but we all do have sort of a spidey sense around it, I think, to a certain degree. Right. That like, if yeah. it walks like a duck, I, I posted about this once, like it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Yeah. Yeah, walks like OCD, quacks like OCD. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, 
But yes, I think the other piece is that uh, sensory experiences can be exacerbated by anxiety and that, that then you can focus on those sensations and think that you have to get rid of anxiety so that you can get rid of the focus on those sensations, which we're not getting rid of either of those things because we don't need to because we can learn to live with them. Yes. Oh, we are proof of that. We are. Day right. to day. Trying our best. Don't look too close, though. Cause... <laughs> Let's see. Um, okay. How do I correct my OCD if I think it's not wrong? That's not really related to this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Does exposure work for sensory motor? Yes, absolutely. Right. I mean, exposure therapy really is mindfulness. Ooh, say more about that. I want to hear you talk about this. No well, do you agree? I mean, it's yes. just, yeah, it's like you're just, it's just another word that's been, you know, on the grand scheme, what you're doing is you are presented with your trigger, the feared thing, and now you are sitting with it without compulsing in it, right? Yep. So you're being in the present moment with it without judgment. Yep. And you're allowing the feelings and thoughts to be there and just like not touching it. Yeah. Yeah. Let it wash over you yeah. and then let it go. Just like the waves, they come in and then they come out. Yeah. That is important when you do exposure response prevention is to know how mindfulness works ahead of time because it's kind of the crux of it. I agree. Although there are people who would disagree with us, I'm sure, but I, um, I agree. Well, that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> they can true. be that. They can do that. They can totally I guess disagree. I'll let them. Uh, today. We'll see tomorrow. It's going to be a day by day for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I was going to say something related to what we were, what you were just saying with the mindfulness that it's the crux of, (laughs) no, it's gone. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. Um, but yeah, exposures do work with, um, sensory motor. I think that with sensory motor, there's less of a concrete exposure base though. And clients get, you know, immensely frustrated with that, which rightfully so, because they're going through a lot of discomfort and it's disrupting their life and they want results and they want to do something. People like concrete and acceptance and mindfulness and all that is so big. It's so nebulous. Oh, it is. (laughs) It is abstract. And I think this is a muscle. It is. Yep. I think it's down to, in our work though, and in our field, exposure in some ways rightfully is given, is paid such high attention to, and and it's it's said to be sort of the be all end all. And I think what that's where it really is important to highlight that response prevention is the be all end all. And it's, so if you're not, if you don't have a bunch of active exposure work to do because of the nature of your anxiety, and let's say that your primary exposure is just to remember that you're breathing every couple of minutes or whatever hour, that, that doesn't mean that you are less likely to learn how to support yourself living with this disorder. I think a lot of people are like, well, if I don't have active exposure work to do, then I'm screwed. And it's not it's not that simple. It's It's not. And it's not. So if you only have one exposure or even if, if your exposures don't work when they're manufactured or artificial, that doesn't mean you're screwed because remember exposures are not done to get rid of your anxiety. They're done to help you learn how to navigate your anxiety. Good news. If you have an anxiety disorder, you're going to have plenty of times to practice that throughout the course of of any given day, at least if your brain's anything like mine. So, Yeah, absolutely. Same brain. Same brain waves. Um, Oh my gosh. I was going to say something and then I forgot it too. Well, I remembered the thing. So can I throw out? And then if you, if you have yours back, so did you get yours? No, I'm just saying, I wonder if mine gave you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Brainwave. Go ahead. I'm gonna uh, I was going to say that you were saying to let it wash over you. And I think that in terms of the thoughts and the feelings to let the experience just sort of be 
like wash over you like a wave. I think it's obviously a, a great um, analogy to use. And I think there's also sometimes it doesn't feel peaceful like a wave in a moment or we think of it as no, like oh it's let a wave. crashing yeah it's like it's suffocating like totally the, the tides come in and they crash on you yeah it's not yep. like a it's not like a nice wave <laughs> it's not a tide pool folks <laughs> guys it's like it's like a tsunami let's it's, be real but it's you, el nino folks it is el nino and mm-hmm. not in like the just the spanish word but in the hurricane that happened whatever. Well, El Nino happens every couple years. Oh, that's right. right. That's right. (laughs) But there was a particularly bad one. There was one really bad in the nineties when I was younger and more too. Yeah. When Mr. Rogers was still around. Mr. Rogers, he is my favorite. (laughs) He really is. Anyway. um, Did I tell you I got a Mr. Rogers mug, by the way, that this sweater, the sweater changes colors when you fill it up with coffee. And it's like it, the sweater goes on and then it goes off. Like it's great. Do the shoes come off too? No. When he this, I know. I know. No. I started watching the documentary and I was like, nope, I'm already going to cry. Can't oh do it this weekend. It's so good though. It's I so know, good. but I'm sensitive. I know. I know you are. It, restor- <laughs> it restored my faith in humanity for a little while after I watched it. And Carl then I watched Rogers too. Yes. And the world for a while. And then, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then you found out not everybody is him. Exactly. So back to the wave thing, just to to sort of, uh, you know, put, I don't know, nail in that. Just to go back. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I like to say is that you have to sort of let it annihilate you. Right. Like you have, yeah, you have to let it just like sort of, infiltrate your pores and completely overtake you for a time and that that feels really scary and that that's also you know it's helpful so anyway I just that that word for some reason has resonated with me and I think some of my clients and so I thought yeah it's so important yeah let it kill you yeah emotionally <laughs> and, and and trusting and this is that's hard that you will you will be reborn on the other side like a warrior Dang. because you've been willing to you're in fragments now and you're going to rebuild yourself you're going to be the phoenix rising from the ashes dang we are full of metaphors today bam we're the metaphor queens by the way are you watching the time because i don't i didn't i didn't check the time when we first i didn't on. check but I think and we're getting close. We are probably getting close. Do you have time for one more question? Yep. We've got a couple more that popped in. Let's um, do this. Oh, dear. Wait. What's the fine line between attention shifting and thought suppression? That's the kind of going back to one of the, the questions that was asked earlier. And I, I think maybe is important in terms of this particular subtype and, and fleshing it out. Um, so what's the difference between, sorry, say that again. A, t- a thought suppression and attention shifting, I think. Yeah. Attention oh, shifting right. and thought suppression here. I'll pull it up. Oh, so I shifting your attention is saying, um, it's essentially it's saying, oh, I just had that, whatever it is, that feeling, that thought, that experience, and I'm, I'm noting it and I'm coming back to the present moment right. versus thought suppression is, oh my gosh, don't even think about that. Like, whoa. Yeah. Make so it we're go just, away. yeah, we're saying, oh, it's here. Come here. I'll make you some tea and I'm going to come back to the present moment because I was doing this before. Yeah. And so if you need to keep chattering with your tea over there while I'm doing this, that's on you, but I, I've got things to do. And I think that somebody just wrote, you can acknowledge the thought before shifting your attention. I think acknowledging the thought is really important to say, okay, yeah, it's there. Okay. Yep. That maybe that bad thing will happen. Maybe I will think about my breath forever and never be able to think about anything else and have a limited life as a result of that. Okay. Thanks brain. And there's my breath. And also look, I have an email that I have to respond to. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, and I notice I'm breathing again and I'm swallowing again. Oh, okay. And I'm calling Lauren. Mm-hmm. Oh, there it is. There it is. Because the reality is, is it can't really be there 100% of the time. As much as people believe that and they feel like that's happening, mm-hmm. that's not always the truth. It really can't be the truth. In fact, it's so interesting if, if any of you um, want to try a fun little experiment. If you ever notice that you're having heightened anxiety, if you ever notice that you're having a thought, that is in and of itself proof that it's not always there. Yeah. So it may be there a lot, but the, the very acknowledgement and remembering of it tells us that it's not there 100% of the time. So, you know, I, I just share that because I think it's a pretty so easy, yeah, thought to, 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 to think that it's always there is, it's pretty compelling when you have this. Right. And even just assigning that exposure is like, think about this all the time, right? Yeah. Like just don't stop. Like every time your brain tries to think like, oh, I have to go pee. No, we are thinking about our swallowing. Yeah. I'm going to go here. pee, but remember, <laughs> you're don't swallowing. forget you're swallowing. Right. Because it's it's proof too. Again, like what Lauren said, is you can't, you're not doing it 100 percent of the time. Yeah. Not to minimize it, because it no. certainly can be absolutely debilitating. But yeah. to also approach it with more of a, a helpful cognitive restructuring. What am I saying? I don't even know. Yeah, I know it is. It's looking at the the rationality of it. Because when we catastrophize that it's constant, then it starts to feel much more overwhelming and you're actually missing the moments of joy when you're not. And what we actually want to do is, is help you to highlight the moments of joy. So you actually get to experience them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, thanks guys for joining us. We really appreciate it. And um, we'll be talking about some other subtype next week you uh can feel free to message us if you have any suggestions that we do have a running tally and these are saved to both of our instagram live pages and we actually just uh started a youtube channel too if that's an easier platform for you to watch it on so you can watch us that are we are we already streaming it now i think oh i don't think we're right now like okay we'll have to upload gotcha can we do both at the same time? Probably. I think we might be able to. Well, we that's that. Whatever. You guys are amazing, though. You we guys are. You all. We really appreciate Thank it. Thank you for your support. And yes. we hope that we entertained and also gave you some knowledge. Fingers crossed. Fingers all right, crossed. here. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.